Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, and welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. It's a pleasure to have your company. Tonight, we have the first in a series of three stories that we'll be releasing each Wednesday over the next three weeks. These tales take us through the city neighborhoods of the Italian capital, Rome, and all three stories were beautifully written by Alexandra. And the first, which you'll hear very shortly, is set in the shady streets of the Aventine Hill. It's a quiet, residential area, and there's not much to do but enjoy the tranquil atmosphere. But at the top of the hill, you'll discover an unexpected and mesmerizing view through a secret keyhole, as well as a peaceful garden full of orange trees. Now we love and appreciate having your company here on the Get Sleepy public feed and it's important to us that we can keep bringing you two free episodes every single week, so you've always got a gentle, relaxing place to come as you drift off at night. Keeping this free version on the air wouldn't be possible without the amazing support of our Get Sleepy Premium subscribers, as well as having all our love and adoration Premium supporters receive a whole host of great benefits to make a good night's rest even easier to come by. For example, as a premium subscriber, you get full access to our entire catalogue of well over 500 stories and meditations, and they are all completely ad-free. No ads whatsoever. Plus, every Thursday we release a new bonus episode, like tomorrow, where TK will read us a sweet tale about an adorable puppy growing up on a farm. 
and you'll also find a whole host of long-length stitched episodes, such as a fairy tale compilation we recently put out, which is over four hours long. We'd love to have your support, so if you'd like to give Premium a try, but want to be sure it's for you before committing, remember that you have a seven-day free trial to begin with, and you can cancel any time. For more information on our premium plans, visit getsleepy.com support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Now then, before we begin our walk through the Aventine Hill, let's take a moment to wind down at the end of a busy day. This is the time for you to enjoy some peace and calm, completely and unapologetically. Make yourself comfortable and close your eyes. Breathe in and back out, feeling how the air moves through you, in and out. Each breath is guiding you towards a state of deeper relaxation. Sense your thoughts moving away from your day-to-day life, allowing room for your imagination to guide you through tonight's story. As you start to relax, picture yourself standing on the pavement of a city street. Although you're in the center, it feels like a quiet suburb. There's no traffic, just some parked cars, and there's no one else around. But if you listen carefully, you can hear some voices from the nearby villas and apartments speaking in Italian. This is a street in the Aventine neighborhood of Rome, and it's where our story begins. It's a fresh, sunny afternoon. Above you, the sky is a deep, radiant blue. The streets of the Aventine Hill are lined with trees, creating large patches of shade. 
here in this sleepy residential street, you feel sheltered from the sun. And you also feel sheltered from the noises of the city. You've left the traffic behind, as well as all the hustle and bustle of the surrounding streets. This area feels like an oasis of calm. In fact, it's hard to believe that this is the center of Rome. You're just a short walk from famous monuments like the Circus Maximus and the Colosseum. And the roads nearby are often busy with traffic. But here, in this quiet street, it feels like you're in another city, or even another world. The shade of the trees and the unexpected hush create a dreamy atmosphere. You hear some birds tweeting and a dog barking. They sound far away somehow. And then the street is silent once more. The buildings around you all seem to be residential. The apartment blocks are just three or four stories high. There are also a couple of attractive villas with lush, overgrown gardens. The villa in front of you is a rusty shade of red. It's paint fading in places. Some parts of the facade are a golden yellow, while the window shutters are dark green. Although the house could probably do with a new coat of paint, the bright, cheerful shades give it a certain charm. The palm tree in the garden appears to be old as well. With its sturdy trunk and thick green leaves, it strikes you as looking dignified and noble. The drooping leaves flutter in the light wind, creating a soothing, rustling sound. As you watch the hypnotic, swaying movement of the leaves, you notice a balcony on the second floor of the villa. A woman and a teenage boy are sitting there in peaceful silence. They seem to be mother and son. The woman looks relaxed, scrolling on her phone, while the boy appears to be focused on a book 
that lies open on the table. Perhaps he's just come back from school and he's decided to do his homework on the balcony. A moment later, the woman turns to her son and they begin talking in Italian in low voices. Although you can't understand what they are saying, you catch one word. Allora, says the woman with emphasis. She pauses and then continues to speak while the boy looks up from his book, listening attentively. The word Allora is one you'll hear everywhere in Italy. It can be used in many different ways, but is often translated as so or well. Allora is a filler word, often used to start a sentence or question or to keep the conversation flowing. Although it's a simple word, without much meaning, there's something beautiful about it, you think. Perhaps it's the musical, lilting sound of the vowels, or the way it's followed by a pause. Or maybe it's this particular woman's voice, which is warm and soft. It's lovely to listen to. Her voice then merges into the subtle, ambient sounds, like the singing of the birds and the distant rumble of an engine being started. you decide to walk on up the hill to explore more of this peaceful neighborhood. Although you're not expecting to do much sightseeing, it's a pleasure just to stroll around, soaking up the atmosphere. It feels calming just to be here. Maybe it's because of the trees. All the streets and gardens are filled with them. There are palms, plane trees, and graceful umbrella pines with tall, thin trunks that lean to the side. The pine needles seem to rest lightly on the branches like a floating cloud that's come to settle on the top of the tree. As you continue along the street, you breathe in the fresh scent of the trees and feel the crunch of the fallen pine needles underfoot. You walk slowly and mindfully, occasionally glancing down at the pavement. 
The surface is uneven in places, as gnarled tree roots spread through the asphalt. It feels like nature is slowly taking over. The gardens of the houses also give you this impression. Many of them are raised high above street level, and you can see over the walls, which are covered with thick ivy and tumbling vines. You imagine that the gardens on the other side are similarly wild and untamed. It would be nice to catch a glimpse of these secret gardens, but everything here feels secluded and private, and even mysterious. There are some beautiful, yet strangely anonymous buildings behind gates, which don't appear to be residential. Standing in front of one of the gates, you notice that there's a single button on the golden plaque of the intercom. There's no sign or name. It might be a religious building. You've read that there are many churches, convents, and monasteries in this area, and not all of them are signposted. Most of the buildings in this neighborhood fit into just a few categories. If they're not residential, they're most likely religious buildings, schools, embassies, or hotels. There are no shops or cafes here, and only a couple of restaurants, which explains why it's so quiet. You wander aimlessly through the sloping streets, past villas and embassies, and a picturesque hotel with palm trees in the garden. Then you become aware of a distant sound, the quiet trickle of water. Following the sound, you turn the corner and find the source. It's a classic Roman drinking fountain, known as a nazone. This name translates as Big Nose, though to you, the fountain resembles a little silver fire hydrant. Near the top of the fountain is a small heraldic shield with the letters SPQR. This is the abbreviation of a Latin expression, which means the Senate and people of Rome. 
below the letters is a curved silver spout. A thick stream of water flows directly downwards. As it disappears into the hole in the pavement, it makes a gurgling sound. Although you haven't walked that far, the climb has made you thirsty. You cover the end of the spout with one hand, redirecting the flow to a small hole just above. This creates a thin jet of water that shoots upwards. You bend down and drink, savoring the cool, fresh taste. Inevitably, some of the water dribbles down your chin, but you don't mind. It feels so refreshing and it's nice to participate in this little Roman ritual, as it's something you've seen the locals do. Returning to the main street that winds up the hill, you stop to admire another attractive villa. The walls are a dusky pink, and the path leading to the front door is made from sea-green mosaic tiles. The small sign near the gate is also made from mosaics. The tiny black and white tiles portray a dog, and the Latin inscription means beware. You peer through the railings and see an old dog with shaggy grey fur waddling towards you. His muffled bark is more of a greeting than a warning. You reflect that the sign must be the owner's idea of a joke. There's no need to beware of such a docile creature. The dog stands on the mosaic pathway, panting and wagging his tail. Then he settles down in a patch of sun. It looks like he's ready for an afternoon nap. Walking on, you come to a large open area with cars parked in the middle. According to the elegant stone sign on the wall, this is the square of the Temple of Diana. Looking around, you can't see any sign of a temple. The nearby buildings look like private homes with walled gardens. As you cross the square, you find yourself wondering 
what lies behind these walls. If the square is named after the temple of Diana, perhaps there are some Roman ruins hidden on private property. Diana was the goddess of hunting, wild animals, and the moon, similar to the Greek goddess Artemis. Although you can't see the temple, the name of the square is a tantalizing reminder of this area's ancient history. This place has been inhabited for centuries, just like the neighboring hill, the Palatine. While the Palatine was the home of emperors and aristocracy, the people who lived on the Aventine were mostly plebeians, ordinary citizens. In Roman times, it would have been a lively, working-class neighborhood with a high proportion of foreign residents. There were also many temples and shrines here. Romans came to the Aventine to worship the deities of wine and the harvest. According to the historian Livy, worshippers of the wine god Bacchus would gather in a sacred grove on the hillside. Walking on the Aventine today, it's hard to imagine what it would have been like all those years ago. It's now a quiet, affluent area, and instead of pagan temples and outdoor rituals, there are Catholic churches and secluded monasteries tucked away behind high walls. Still, you like the idea of this place having been continuously inhabited for so long. And as you stroll onwards, you spot some other reminders of the neighborhood's history. The wall of one building is embedded with ancient marble fragments. Some of the pieces have Latin inscriptions. Others are decorated with images, like a flower or a shell, or the tendrils of a vine. Across the street, you see a house with burnt orange walls that seem to glow in the warm sunlight. It's an attractive building with a simple facade. There are white-framed windows and a brick balcony lined with potted plants and flowers. Then, as you move closer, 
you notice another decorative detail. Just below the balcony, half hidden in the shade, is an alcove in the wall. And standing in the middle of the alcove is a white marble statue of a woman. It's difficult to tell from this distance, but you imagine she represents a Roman deity. Perhaps she's Venus, the goddess of love, or Diana, of the hunt and the moon. Although this statue may just be a simple decoration, you like to think it was placed there intentionally as a symbol of the Aventine's past. You follow a steep, winding road to the top of the hill. Thanks to the shade and the breeze, it's a comfortable temperature for walking. But even so, you are relieved to have reached the top. Here, the terrain evens out. The row of buildings in front of you marks the western edge of the hill. This area is quiet too. Only the occasional car passes through, moving at almost the same pace as the pedestrians. But while the other streets were almost deserted, here there are more people walking around. You spot a couple of families who look like tourists. This part of the Aventine has some interesting sights, attracting visitors from across the city and all over the world. These famous places are lined up next to each other on the road that runs along the top of the hill. In front of you is the entrance to a beautiful old church. Perhaps you'll go inside later, but your instinct guides you to the left. Looking down the street, it seems to be a dead end. But you notice that a few people are gathering near a wall and forming a line. Moving in this direction, you soon find yourself in a beautiful square, surrounded by ornately decorated walls. Tall cypresses and palms sway in the breeze. A short line of people has formed to the right. Now, 
you see that they are standing in front of a large green door at the center of a grand wall. The marble facade is decorated in a neoclassical style with elaborate carvings and heraldic symbols. but the people waiting in line seem to be more interested in the closed door. At first, you think they must be waiting to enter. Then you realize what each person is doing. One by one, they look through the keyhole lingering there for a moment before walking away. It would never have occurred to you to peer through a random door, but clearly there's something worth looking at on the other side. There are only a few people waiting so you join the back of the queue. When it's your turn, you put your eye to the keyhole. You're amazed by what you see. Through the keyhole, there's a view of a tunnel of trees casting shade over a pathway and at the end of the tunnel is the gleaming silver dome of St. Peter's Basilica against a backdrop of soft blue sky. You seem to be looking through some kind of secret garden. It's been perfectly designed to offer an uninterrupted view from the Aventine Hill to the Vatican. Technically, there are three sovereign states within your range of vision at the same time. The garden belongs to a villa owned by the sovereign order of Malta. Beyond the trees is Italian territory. And beyond that is the Dome of St. Peter's in Vatican City. You linger at the keyhole for a while, admiring the view. From here, the dome almost doesn't seem real. It's like a beautiful mirage or something from a dream. When the sunlight intensifies, the dome fades, its edges melting into the sky. Spellbound by the view, time seems to slow down. You become more aware of your breathing. When you inhale, 
you notice the metallic scent of the keyhole, warmed by the sun. There's no one waiting behind you, so you can stay here as long as you like. But at last, you decide to move on. You're curious to see what other views the Aventine has to offer. Retracing your steps, you pass the old church once more. Just opposite to your right, there's a large expanse of pavement, where a black cat basks in the sunlight. You bend down to stroke her soft, warm fur, and she purrs contentedly. When you stand up, you're surprised to see another black cat sitting nearby in the shade. And then, yet another black cat emerging from a bush. There are three in total. Three identical cats relaxing on this peaceful stretch of pavement. They give the impression of being the laid-back guardians of the neighborhood, keeping an eye on things. Walking on, you pass a small park on your left, and then another church. It has a brick facade and porticoed entrance, supported by ancient marble columns. The church strikes you as having an elegant, understated beauty, dedicated to Saint Sabina. This basilica is one of the oldest in Rome. Parts of the building date back to the early 5th century. As you admire the exterior of the church, you become aware of the soothing sound of flowing water. There are two fountains nearby. One is a typical Roman nazone, similar to the one you drank from earlier. The other, larger fountain has an unusual form. Attached to the wall is an old marble sculpture depicting the face of a bearded man. Water gushes from the mouth into a large stone basin below that resembles an ancient bathtub. The neighborhood is full of unusual remnants and decorations. Although this particular fountain is eye-catching, 
it would be easy to miss some of the other sights. You're glad that you've been able to take your time this afternoon, appreciating every little detail. After a refreshing drink of water from the smaller fountain, you walk on through the arched entrance of a park. Officially, this place is called Cervelo Park, after an aristocratic family who lived in the area in medieval times. But it's better known as the Orange Garden. As you follow the path, your footsteps crunching on the gravel, you notice that almost all the trees around you are orange trees. Each section of grass resembles a small orchard. The vibrant oranges are like baubles among the bright green leaves. They seem more like decorations than something edible. Fallen fruits lie scattered in the grass. Somehow, this makes the garden feel more natural and inviting, contrasting with the neat landscaping. This park has been carefully designed and is well looked after. And with good reason, as you soon discover. Passing the grove of orange trees, you follow the path to your left. Suddenly, you find yourself magically transported to the view from the keyhole. Of course, it's not the same place, but it feels almost identical. You're standing on a wide path lined by towering umbrella pines, whose branches meet in the middle, creating a shady avenue. At the end, straight ahead, is the pale grey dome of St. Peter's Basilica. It seems to float on the horizon below a vast expanse of cloudless blue sky. You feel like you're dreaming. It's surreal finding yourself here, as though you'd gone right through the keyhole. The other people in the park seem to be in a similar mood. Everyone looks happy and relaxed as they stroll down the path or rest on stone benches. 
a young woman has set up an easel and canvas and is painting the view. Across the path, a man strums an acoustic guitar. The tune is vaguely familiar, but you're too focused on the view to pay much attention. The relaxing melody seems to fade into the background. At the end of the path are a couple of steps leading up to a large terrace. A few people are gathered there, admiring the views. As you reach the terrace, for some reason, it feels like you're stepping out onto the deck of a ship. Perhaps it has something to do with the sense of space and air. There's also the fact that you are high up, admiring a spectacular view of a landscape that flows like rolling waves. Rome has many hills, so the expanse of trees and rooftops before you almost seems to ripple. Gazing across the city, you take in the different colors and layers. The Dome of St. Peter's is the tallest monument. Turning to the right, an extravagant white building, known informally as the Wedding Cake, also stands out. The surrounding rooftops and buildings are various shades of orange, yellow, pink, and brown. In between are domes and bell towers and tilting umbrella pines. The distinctive trees sprout up like flowers among the buildings. Peering over the edge of the stone balustrade, you can see the tranquil, jade-green water of the Tiber River. The road that runs parallel is busy with traffic. It's rush hour, so many people are heading home from work. Standing here, high up on the Aventine, you feel at once connected to the city and detached from it. There's a calming sense of distance and belonging at the same time. As you become aware of this, you have the sensation that your mind is clearing. You're now feeling even more relaxed and at peace.
you stay on the terrace for a while, gazing at the panorama and enjoying the fresh breeze. The blue sky gradually softens into a pale pink. You're facing west, which means you'll soon witness a gorgeous sunset. This has been the perfect afternoon, you think, as you settle down on a nearby bench. And this will be the perfect ending, watching the sun go down over the rooftops of the Eternal City. Feeling deeply relaxed, you take a deep breath in as you watch the slowly changing sky you smile. Thanks to your long walk through this peaceful neighborhood, you're sure you will sleep well tonight.